Welcome to Inside Personal Growth Podcast. Deep dive with us as we unlock the secrets to personal development, empowering you to thrive. Here, growth isn't just a goal, it's a journey. Tune in, transform, and take your life to the next level by listening to just one of our podcasts. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all my listeners, uh, Colleen, for joining us today. And Colleen is joining us from Lyon, France. And I've been there. And not only do they have good mustard, but they've got good chocolates there as well. <laughs> good day to you. <laughs> good day to you, Colleen. How are you? Hi, Greg. I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you and Happy New Year. And we're here to speak about her new book, You Are Not an Imposter. But the subtitle is probably as important, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome, Unlock Your True Potential So You Can Thrive in Life. And Colleen has done that. And I'm going to tell a little bit about Colleen Montserrat. She's passionate about helping others overcome obstacles and fostering self-awareness for personal growth. Born with genetic disease, she faced her fair share of challenges, which we're going to get into and talk about, which has shaped her perspective on thriving. Determining to empower others, she wrote her book as a guide to understanding the barriers that hinder personal progress. Through her work, Colleen emphasizes the importance of self-awareness as a catalyst for growth. Uh, she's got a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Louisiana at Monroe. Colleen uh, initially pursued a career, career in global luxury perfume industry. However, longing for more meaningful vocation led to her embark on a journey to make a positive impact on young minds. She currently is residing, as we said, in Lyon, France, and she dedicates herself to writing uh, the next exciting adventures. And then she's got these middle grade book series called Ari and Lamb. Um, she launched in 2022. This series has captured the hearts of young readers, provoking them with relatable characters and thought-provoking storytelling. Well, for somebody who's dyslexic, you're doing pretty good. Um, here's the book. <laughs> go, go out and get a copy of this. We're going to put a link on Amazon for all of my listeners. Well, let's just start this off. You know, in the preface of the book, you speak about your mother and what she said to you when you're six years old. And you actually have the quote kind of embedded at the top of the page that triggered your imposter syndrome. Could you speak with the listeners today about how this incident with your mother uh, changed your life as well as speak what happened to you in 2020, um, which was a pretty major event for anybody to break free from the change of the imposter syndrome. Yes. So what is um, like where everything started, it's my imposter syndrome as for a lot of people started when I was young, but until 2020, I didn't fully realize I was just wearing the mask and going through my life, pushing, pushing through and just being completely blind. And in 2020, the universe decided uh, to finally make me understand my mistakes and um, like make me learn my lessons more because I, I truly believe we need to make mistakes in life to grow. 
Right. So it was my time. And uh, 2020 is the year of COVID for a lot of people. Uh, for me, COVID was just a backstory. Uh, the year started like in January, like exactly four years ago, actually, I was leaving it. I started the year saying to myself, this is going to be the best year. I'm going to finally get this raise at work. Uh, I I'm going to manage uh, to uh, go up the layer uh, again. And little did I know, January 3rd, a fever strikes me and it will be the beginning of the rest of my life, literally. Uh, I've been, as you said, living with a genetic disease uh, since I was born, but for me, this genetic disease was really pretty much like some kind of allergy. I refused to see it as something big. Uh, it was really the origin of my uh, imposter syndrome. And so when I started uh, to have fever, I just kept pushing through until I found out uh, during the space of three weeks that in fact it was a sepsis and I was entering sepsis shock. And the genetic disease I thought was completely buried, like non-existing, uh, had in fact led me to lose one of my organs, uh, my pancreas, uh, leading me to become type 1 diabetic and a lot of other uh, issues that comes with it. And at this moment, I really found myself in a fork in my life. I had two choices. Either to watch life and saying, oh, and fair it is. Oh, and just that I have to go through this, uh, that I'm sick and just like pretty much deny everything that I I'm leaving. I'll take the decision to realize how the heck did I end up in this situation? And I chose this path. And that's when I say, listen, Colleen, you cannot go within a space of a month from losing pretty much everything in your life and not try to see what is the meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's when uh, uh, suddenly, like one day, this moment with my mother when I was six, it like went back in my head, like came back as a memory. And I could see myself lying in bed at six and with my mother telling me, Colin, you don't need to lie to not go to school. And back then I was not diagnosed. Nobody knew what I had. And the problem with genetic disease is if your parents didn't declare it and developed it, it's very hard for uh, doctors to realize there is something wrong. And so just for, for the viewer, I've got pancreatitis. So it's a very painful disease. But when you are six, people don't believe you. When you start to get sick, sick like three months uh, in the year and they say, okay, it's a stomach bug, but it's kind of weird, uh, like during summer to be sick, your brother and sisters are not sick like that. And so my mother and the doctors, like everyone, and I don't blame them because honestly, when you're a kid, you tend to overreact for things. So they thought I was lying. And back then I decided, I took my first decision that will lead me to the path of imposter syndrome because nobody wanted to believe me. I decided to lie and say exactly what was the symptom of a stomach bug, just to make them believe me. But mm -hmm. by doing so, I over amplify the fact to feel like an imposter because yes, I could go home. So I, I could lay in bed and not the, like try to diminish the pain, but I was feeling so guilty. And I started to doubt really early on, like, 
maybe I'm just making a fuss. I've got nothing. Nobody can diagnose me. I've got nothing. And so until even my diagnosis at 14 years old, it didn't erase because I spent so many years thinking like this that it became my persona. Yeah, and well, now you, you say, you mention in the book that it's estimated that 70% of all people suffer from imposter syndrome at some point in their life. Can you define what imposter syndrome is and speak to the listeners about some techniques or psychological things that can be done to allow them to release this issue? Because in your case, you were sick, but people didn't believe you were sick. So you would tell them that, and then you would tell them more of a fabrication to get them to believe that you were really sick. I think in that case, it's a little different. But talk about it, if you would, the imposter syndrome and ways for people to deal with it. So when you feel like an imposter, it's you pretty much feeling like a fraud. But it's what I realized when I did my research, it's we often talk about work, but it can also come up in other areas of your life. For example, you can feel like an imposter as a parent. Like people can praise you for your parenting skills and in fact you, you just feel useless and that you're the worst parents in the world. So it can really come from different uh, areas uh, of your life. And you, even if people are telling you that uh, you're succeeding, you're doing well, you're seen as an expert, you don't believe them. So it's a coping mechanism. It's really a mask. And in life, we wear, as humans, we wear a lot of masks. And uh, it's my, my personal belief that the purpose of life is to remove all our masks we use um, to cover up our souls, in fact. And so it's a coping mechanism. And in childhood, as you say, I was sick, but also one of the roots we see, even if it, you can have a lot of different roots, it's often to have perfectionist parents, for example, or come from very highly competitive uh, enviro environments. So when you are put in competition with other kids, uh, you're more likely to develop uh, this syndrome. Or if also type A personality, really perfectionist people tends uh, to develop it because the more perfectionist you are, the more likely you're going to say, my work is not perfect. So no, I'm not good at my work. Even if people are telling you otherwise, for you, it's not good enough. And you're just wondering when everyone is going to wake up and see how much fraud you are. And so you will have a tendency to sabotage yourself and sabotage your, your career. And that's why I think we see it more in the professional settings because it's easier to see how someone uh, is actually sabotaging themselves than in personal life. And you, that's you why- know, I that that concept of a perfectionism, um, I hate to say it between the sexes, but I think women have more of an issue with perfectionism. And you wrote about it in the book uh, than men do. And I'm not saying men don't. I'm just saying I think it is more uh, prevalent in the female uh, gender. Yes? Yeah. But, you know, it's very interesting because it has a lot to do with societal issues. So right. We're not raised the same way. And I think now it's changing with new generation. And I think that's why men now are struggling uh, a lot. Because when 
like my generation and the ones before when we were young we knew that our mother didn't have the same rights than us so we got pushed we were always like my mother and all my girlfriend I know it's the same we are always told your place on this earth is not guaranteed especially at work you're gonna fight for it you're gonna need to be perfect to manage to get it while for men it was not the same type of education because they were just saying oh you will find a job you will raise like go up the rank it was a little bit already uh owned you know uh, and so we were educated in a very, I think, different way that men. So I'm not so sure it's something that is biological. Uh, I think it's more something something that has to do with society. And now I'm doing a research about actually uh, the competition between women. And it's super interesting because, in fact, and I found the same uh, data when I wrote the book, uh, women tend to be harsher toward other women than men oh, and yeah. we tend to be much more judgmental and it will like a lot of researchers now are, are, are saying that it might come from an evolutionary uh, trait that we had scarce resources and so we didn't see the world as abundant and so if she gets it I cannot get it I see so it's a scarcity mentality well, you know, if you would, for the listeners, you know, differentiate for them between genuine self-doubt uh, and the imposter syndrome. You know, there's a point where all of this becomes harmful, uh, obviously harmful to themselves and also harmful to the people that they're be- being an imposter to. But how do you differentiate between genuine self-doubt and imposter? Yeah, so to, to, to start off, uh, I want to really amplify that. I think that a small amount of imposter syndrome or self-doubt is necessary in life because otherwise you can just become blind and just rush into a wall without realizing your mistake. And But like everything in life, there is a spectrum. And it's when you cross the healthy boundary of the spectrum that it's become it becomes harmful. And self-doubt is today the cause of so many issues in society because when you doubt yourself uh first you're going to be harmful to to yourself for example you can get into relationships that are are more likely to be abusive uh you're not gonna achieve your true potential because you're going to be scared uh to actually take risk and move forward because you're doubting yourself too much and you have countless uh, example. When you have self-doubt, you don't live fully. It, it, right. It's impossible to live as per your soul when you have self-doubt. You just live as per your fear. And the more you fear something, the more the universe is going to throw at you events where you're going to have uh, to confront it. So it, it's very important to recognize it. And I think most people who really live with detrimental self-doubt they realize they have an issue it's one of the things where I knew I I, I was not like my my beliefs were arming myself but I needed to leave something very crazy and go through almost dying to actually say to myself okay now I need to change because it's so comforting for your brain to stay as it is well how do you how do you take this uh cloak off the mask you call it the mask i'll call it a cloak 
Um, because, you know, in it doesn't matter if you're male or you're female, um, you're dealing with a um, an ego, which frequently is saying you're not enough. Uh, and when you're not enough, that's all about self-doubt because you always have to be better. You need to strive for your perfectionism. Uh, you need to do more. You didn't get straight A's. You know, all the things that you heard, um, which everybody lives with. It isn't just, you know, women. It's women and men. Um, but if we're going to unlock the potential, you say overcoming this uh, imposter syndrome, we need to... Uh, work on that for our personal growth. What is it that you would tell people how you were able to take your mask off and face the world as the true Colleen as she is today versus who she was, who knows, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? I face my fear. And I think uh, the fear we all have is actually to be truly self-aware. Not just like, oh, I'm self-aware of what I eat, like truly self-aware of your thoughts. And one of the tricks I, I like to say that people don't usually want to listen is, I, I, I think we really see how we see ourselves when we judge others. When you find yourself judging someone about a subject, you can be sure it's something you reproach yourself. So writing down your thought and know why you feel this way. For example, if you say to yourself, I'm not enough, why do you think, think that? List all, all the events where you think you're not enough. Put your journal down, come back two days later and read it as if it was someone from the outside. Because we are so good to help our friends see the flaws in them but we're less good to see it in ourselves. And I think the important part that people miss is to not blame themselves. It's mm -hmm. okay, we are all human. Nobody is perfect. And first, what is perfection? Nobody can give a definition because perfection for you might be different than for me. So it's mm -hmm. completely stupid to, to strive for, for this divine perfection. I like, I like what you said about writing it down and then revisiting it a couple of days later. And really asking yourself, is it true? I think what happens is we have a tendency to make stuff up and then we believe what we made up and then we spend a lot of our life undoing what we made up, which was the belief we had about it. And so we work on it. And I like your um, thoughts here. You said you mentioned that taking things too personally was one of your main hobbies. Uh, someone made a comment to you or something and you would take it very personally. You state you believe that this is the most common symptom of the imposter syndrome. What advice do you have for the listeners uh, about not taking what others think of them too personally? And also, how can people control the voice inside their head that repeats, okay, they're not enough? Yes. Yeah, so when you're feeling like a fraud or like an imposter, of course, if you see people speaking together and maybe like glance at you, you're going to think they're speaking about you because you're just waiting for someone to be unmasked. But you might be the main character of your own life. You're not the main character in other people's life. So it's the first thing to realize. And after, it's very difficult, I think, to develop the ability to take criticism, um, not personally. Uh, 
And that is the main issue that will fuel your imposter syndrome, because if someone dares to criticize a part of your work, you not distinguishes like your work from yourself. You are not your work. So this is the first thing. So when someone gives you a judgment about what you've done, you need to realize and repeat to yourself, because what you say to yourself is going to manifest after into your own uh, life. So you need to realize this is like just work. Yeah, I might have done better and go over it, like get let go of it. And sometimes you will have people who attack you for no reasons. And it's just in this case, a reflection of their own fear because humans often do that when you like, next time you fight with someone, try to analyze from the outside what you reproach to the other person. Mostly it's gonna be something you've done yourself and you feel ashamed about. So never forget that other projects their fears into you and you project as well. So being self-aware, it's on a daily basis when stuff like this happen, stop yourself and realize and brush it off. Laugh, like don't blame yourself. Life is yours. Uh, you, you, you will make it. It's okay to make mistakes. And so um, I, I think it's important, Colleen, you mentioned something about you didn't say it, but as you were speaking, I was sensing it. It's more of the spiritual energetic fields that we carry around. Um, and it, because you've said this many times about what we think about, we will become. And I think it's so important that you check in with yourself to see it's, it's like if there was an observer above you looking at you, what would they think of your actions during the day if they saw who it was, and then replay that tape about your day. And if that tape isn't who you want to be, what are you going to do to change who you are? In other words, if that videotape showed back, hey, I was angry, I was frustrated, I wasn't a good person, I was doing things out of fear, um, you know, what are you going to do to change that? And I, and I like this one, you know, you stated the imposter syndrome is characterized by thoughts of, and we've been talking about this, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. What advice would you have for people that are truly dealing with low self-esteem? Meaning they're just like, you know, they've been beat up um, and they're at the bottom of the heap. <laughs> so if we take back the journal, like once you have written, because I'm not worthy, it's safe. It comes back also to self-doubt. It's the same mechanism. In your, it's a story you say to yourself because usually you have no proof. You have fabricated the proof. You have when you faced an event and if, for example, someone rejected you, um, you saw it as reject while maybe the person has uh, someone else in their life, like anything, you interpreted it a certain way we perceive events a certain way so you need to rewrite it and i like affirmation uh, to rewrite uh, next to i'm not worthy i am enough but your action needs to follow it's the same that the energetic field if you do your affirmation every day i am enough i am enough but the next day you do like you act a way that you show to others that you don't respect yourself you will never change you need really to associate the, the brain, like the message, the affirmation you give to your brain with your action. Your action needs to, to match your word. And I think this is something 
people don't do often because it's so hard to actually change your behavior. I can, it's quite easy to watch the mirror and say, I'm enough. It's more difficult in the area of life to stand up at some I point. I don't know this for a fact, but I would make an assumption that they've lived so long with the imposter syndrome that they believe that's who they really are. So it's hard to break. It's hard to break through to even know who the real person person is. is. Right. So, so when they do start to see part of that, there is kind of a fear of moving toward it because there is things happening to you in your life that you don't even understand why they're happening, meaning good things, right? And you would think, oh, I'd be eager to have that happen, but they're so used to having bad things happen to them that, you know, it's, it's a challenge. But once they get there, and I think this is where this next question goes, is you have a whole chapter in the book dedicated to the use of people pleasing, right? And here's one of the, part of this syndrome Um, What would you say to people who are listening right now to develop the courage? And I think that's the word, (laughs) the the courage to say what they think and have their opinion heard, because I think there's a total uh, blockage or fear from being misunderstood if I really was saying what I thought. Yeah, and also the the for me, people pleasing was the hardest because it's it is an application of your self worth. So when you have low self esteem, uh, you doubt yourself. You're gonna look for love. So for you, people pleasing is the way for others to love you. So they don't love you for yourself or who you right. are, but you have the impression they love you. So that's why it's so hard to break. And that's why it takes really bravery. But you need to stand up because first, it is not your business to fix others. You are on. The, you have enough issues. <laughs> Focus on yourself. You have, this is not your job to uh, deal with karmic debt of other. This is a personal belief. And if you focus on other, might it be also because you don't want to look at yourself. It's it, when we are really busy helping others, uh, we have rewards because we think people love us. We do good into this world, but do we really? Because I, I, during this time, we should better work on ourselves and instead try to become a, a better person to truly be able to help someone else. And the problem with people pleasing, it's it's gonna feel so uncomfortable to say no because your only way to get over it, it's through action. You right. cannot manage it through affirmation. So you're gonna go to the arena. And the, the first time it's gonna be very uh, hard for you to say no and people are gonna react um, usually uh, in a surprised way because they're so used for you to say yes all the time right. that they're going to be taken aback. So they're going to try to push you into going back to people pleasing, but you're going to need to stand your ground. And even how hard it is to start with, the more you do something, the easier it gets. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that you should never help others. And I right. truly believe we live in a community and it's a good thing we all help each other. But if someone never helps you and you only like the punching ball of the office, wake up. That, that was my case, really. Everyone was running into me. And 
it, it, it's after it feels overwhelming, it can lead to burnout and to resentment because the worst is you don't want to say yes. So you start to feeling resentful toward other, which are vibration that will bring you down. So well, it also it, it it makes you angry because a lot of times, you know, you're doing things for other people, but you're ignoring the things you want to do for yourself. So you're always like the call it the caregiver, right? But for, but for people who probably don't even need care, but they're just abusing the relationship, um, you know, and there's a word that has been used for years is they're like, they're almost like leeches. They're sucking everything out of you. All they want is more and more and more of you. And you have to be brave to break that and say no um, you can't keep using me. Using would be the word um, because that it's it's a two-way street. You know, we're living in this rapidly changing world uh, and we're learning new skills is kind of really a constant, always having to learn something new, which is good. That's why I do this show. How can one balance the feeling of being a novice, as you said, and not fall into the trap of the imposter syndrome because we all have to start somewhere to learn something new that doesn't mean we're going to be an expert at it right away uh, we're probably going to be need some time to develop the skill um, how do you help somebody who's starting out either in a job or maybe somewhere else in life where they're learning something completely new and they don't fall into that imposter syndrome by telling lies and saying, I know it all. So it's totally normal to feel like an imposter, as you say, when you start a job. But what you need to realize is everyone starts somewhere. So you cannot uh, be an expert and start uh, at the lower level at the beginning. So you need to accept the fact that you're going to be a trainee for some times and learn. What it becomes dangerous when after some time and you have managed to develop some expertise and you've got great feedback coming in to still feel like an imposter. When people are telling you that you're doing well and uh, that you, you, you're succeeding, you might go up and you don't want to believe them that you're actually doing well, that is a red flag. Because usually humans are not going to give you compliments if they don't <laughs> really believe it, right. uh, especially in work settings. So you can pretty much trust, like they have no interest to tell you that if it's not the case. Uh, for yeah. business, they will never do that. So at the moment, if you start to feel like a fraud, question yourself. It always comes back to self-awareness and how you perceive uh, the world around you. And you always see yourself as a human that will grow, that will thrive, that will do mistakes. Because if you never make mistakes in life, it means you never took risk. Right. Yeah, and you have to possible. risk. Well, you have yeah. to risk to grow. As a matter of fact, there's you need to be uncomfortable to grow. Um, and all of this is being uncomfortable. And I can see, Colleen, where you've been uncomfortable to break free from this, to do this. I see somebody who's very vibrant, who's very outgoing, who's very enthusiastic about life. That's you I'm talking about. And it's good to see even somebody who's come through, you know, this living without a pancreas who would think that you could do that. Right. Um, but I want to tell my listeners, go get 
you are not an imposter. And I want to ask you this last question as we wrap up this interview. Um, if you were to leave the listeners with three takeaways from the book that they could start applying, put into their life every day uh, or immediately. Also, speak about the free resources you have at the website, which is yourenotanimposter.com. And there's a lot of resources there. There's articles to read. There's things that people can get. And I think you've done an excellent job at your website of providing these resources. So what are the three things you would like to tell them to leave with? And then what are some of the resources they can get from your website? Yeah, so for, for me, my, my motto is the perception you have of the event that happened to us will determine the quality of your life. So a lot of people told me how unlucky I was for everything I've been through. And I laugh because I am one of the luckiest person because this event taught me more than most people will learn in their lifetime. And this is a choice you make every day when you decide to see blame external event for everything that happened to you or if you decide to be the author of your life and take responsibility for the good and for the bad for both of them and this is i i think uh the, the most important uh thing you can do uh in life and never blame yourself never really uh blame yourself you're just a human uh, everyone is in the same boat, even the one, like, a lot of people are faking it. Let's be quite honest. You have your place on earth. You are as much entitled to live than the person next to you. So affirm yourself and discover your true soul. Because if you live as per your ego, you will never really live. So, right, that's true. And I think what you are encouraging people to do is not abandon who they are, the true essence, you're asking them to add an element of freedom into their life that's associated with the psychological bent that's going on up here, removing that psychological framework and replacing it with a new one, right? And that's what's important is how do we, you know, get that new one in there right? Because you said the subconscious. I know for myself, I've been many times to a hypnotherapist for my subconscious. And I actually believe what's going on inside of the, you know, you've got a right hemisphere, a left hemisphere, you've got amygdala. If you really look at the, the neuroplasticity of our brains, it's huge. We can change. At any age, you can change. And you can adopt this. So you, I don't care if I'm talking to somebody 20 years old or 80 years old. It's You can change. And the things that you're saying, Colleen, are so true. And I want my listeners to know, go to www.you'renotanimposter.com. You are not an imposter.com. Uh, that's Y-O-U-A-R-U-N-O-T-A-N-I-M-P-O-S-T-E-R.com. Go to that website. Here's where you can get a book on Amazon, get a copy of this book and read it and read it with an open mind that you can release some of this energy that's holding you back, uh, both emotionally and physically. And I think Colleen has gone through it. Her, a lot of this is a memoir about her, her journey. And I think it's a really important one to know 
because she's faced so much adversity and been able to get to the other side. Colleen, a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. Any parting words? Thank you so much, Greg. And I wish everyone uh, to remove their mask and uh, live uh, fully, uh, authentically uh, with themselves because everyone is a beautiful soul. <laughs> I agree with you. Thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.